With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 546 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is December 29th, 2023, the final weekday of 2023. And for the Padres, obviously, 2023 was not a great year. So thankfully, we're almost there to 2024. And hopefully, 2024 is going to be a lot better. I know it's a low bar, but hopefully, it will be a better year. I just want to take this show to just look back on all that happened here in 2023, the positive, the negative. There were contract extensions that were handed out, hyped up, fan fest, record sellout crowds, the Mexico series, and those two wins against the Giants. The owner saying his GM was excellence and he wasn't going anywhere despite not having enough postseason success in some fans' opinions. Players with bad quotes to the media, admitting to giving up, adding at the trade deadline when it made sense to probably sell because you weren't going to be bringing those players back. A National League Cy Young Award winner, the parting ways with a manager, the manager not wanting to be with the GM of the team, and him going to a NOS rival, the hiring of a new manager, the death of the chairman, the owner, beloved owner, and the trade of a superstar that they just acquired the year before. So there was a lot that went on 
If there's anything that I missed, feel free to put it in the comments. If you want to join the show and give your thoughts on 2023, feel free to do so. Click that link pinned up at the top of the chat here live on YouTube. As well, obviously, in the comments section with questions and other comments that you have. But yeah, just want to review what happened here in 2023 before looking into 2024. So yeah, let's let's get into it. Um, in my description of this episode, I have the extensions given out. I have kind of a a layout of what topics I can discuss, but I do have a, a timeline because I wasn't sure if AJ Preller was going to stay. So I had actually written up a timeline of what had happened in 2023, and if AJ would have been fired. Okay, what would have led to this happening? And so I think I'm going to go through that because there's more events. There's like actual dates of what happened and when it happened. And then I have some thoughts on that. So if there's something that I miss in this, I'll go back over the other topics that I was planning on hitting on. Uh, but yeah, in 2023, it started off in January, uh, January 15th when the Padres signed 16-year-old Ethan Salas. And what happened with Ethan this year was he ended up in double-A in his first year. He got that spring training at-bat, grounder to second base, and was catching for Ryan Weathers in spring training. And during the minor league season, was playing well, went up to high-A for, what, like nine games, something like that. Didn't do so well. Padres still put him up in double A to give him that playoff experience, I guess, and to have him be with that group of guys where pretty much all the top prospects are there in double A, have him be there with those guys. He ended with an injury, and I don't know where he's going to start in 2024. Is it going to be with high A? Are they just going to keep him in double A? We shall see. He's going to be in big league spring training, so I'm curious to see what the progression of Ethan Salas was, but there was a lot of excitement, I would say, a lot of hype when Ethan Salas was signed there in early January. January 23rd, Nelson Cruz, Padres signed him to a one-year deal worth $1 million. We'd all love to have $1 million, but that was nothing. And Nelson Cruz produced almost nothing with the Padres. And guess what? Now he's working with the Dodgers. What a shocker. February 3rd. Oscar Bernard and Scott Kubal were named assistant hitting coaches, and they are still employed by the Padres, at least from what I know. Uh, February 10th, Yu Darvish, six-year, $108 million extension. And this one, I think, was a surprise to some fans because I think some are like, Darvish has already passed his prime. He's already, what, late 30s? And this extension is putting him into his 40s, obviously. And, yeah, he's 37. Snell was going to be a free agent. And maybe there's some other guys that you'd rather have that are in their primes. You'd rather have them than you, Darvish. But there's no guarantee that you were going to be able to bring Blake Snell back, him being a Boris client. You, Darvish, was coming off of a pretty solid season. And from what I remember, he pitched pretty well in the postseason as well. He and Musgrove, the aces of the rotation. And so they wanted to get that done, and they wanted to get the rest of the best of you Darvish's years, and they wanted to lower that AAV, and so they did that. And at the time, I believe I said that, yeah, Darvish 
if there's someone that you're going to bet on, like the late years of his career, it's probably him because he's always looking for a way to get better. He is always, um, I, I think, pretty aware of his health and what he needs to do to stay on the field. I know he was on the IL this past season, um, but I was pretty confident in, okay, we're going to get some good years out of Darvish. Now, 2023 was not that, so hopefully he's going to be good for 2024. Um, but yeah, that's that's a contract where it's like, wow, okay, so we got, what, five more years left on that contract? And he's going to be, like, 42 at the end of that deal and over $100 million that could have been spent to someone that was younger in their prime. Do we need you, Darvish, on this team? I think that's what some Padres fans think. Uh, but then you also look at not just on the field, but some of the other moments, you know, him when Peter Seidler passed away, which we'll obviously get to. Uh, he was out there as the first Padre, at least known publicly from like video, him out there, he and his wife. Um, and they put, I think, flowers up there on the on the stairs next to Peter in his picture. So honoring Peter. So and he he's been. He's been doing some community stuff this offseason. It seems like he's staying in San Diego. Uh, I think Joe Musgrove, obviously, because he's here in San Diego all the time because he lives here. Him and I think Manny's spending more time in San Diego as well. So, you know, there, there's some other stuff that I love about you, Darvish. Like, I, I love having you, Darvish, on the Padres, but I think that giving him a six-year contract extension, I don't know if that was necessary, but hopefully he can bounce back in 2024. February 16th, Michael Walker signed a one-year deal with player options and club options, and it could have been a four-year deal worth like 26 mil, if I remember correctly, from the time, but this is the A.J. Preller special. You perform well, you can go, and we're not going to be able to pay you. If you suck, you can stay. That's what these options are, and Waka performed well. And he ends up leaving and joining the Kansas City Royals at the same amount that the Padres could have given him on those club options for two years, six or two years, right? Simultaneous two years, $16 million each. And instead he goes to the Kansas City Royals for that same amount, two years, I think $32 million. And I think there's an option after the 2024 season. So thanks, Waka, for pitching well in 2023, but. It's just those options. We probably, if Waka was going to pitch well all along, we probably shouldn't have even expected him to come back at all because that's just what happens when you put an option in there. February 28th, Manny agrees to an 11-year, $350 million extension. Now, remember, this, this was before the World Baseball Classic, right? Because the Padres wanted to get this done before because after the WBC, there wasn't going to be a whole lot of time at spring training before the season started. So before the WBC, they get this extension done. According to reports, the Padres were okay. And what I mean by the Padres is the front office. They were okay with Manny not getting the extension at that time and just letting it play out, and they'll try to bring him back in free agency. Might have been the smarter thing to do, but... With Manny under control, like you have the exclusive negotiating rights, and Manny Machado is someone that I wanted here long term in the rest of his Padres career, and Peter Seidler wanted that, and he walked into spring training and said, "Let's get this thing done." 
we're going to get this done, and they got it done. I don't know if this is the same thing with Crony. Was the Jake Cronenworth extension, was that Peter Seidler? Was that more A.J. Preller? I'm not so sure about the whole story there, but it seems like the Manny extension was definitely Peter Seidler wanting that to happen. And I'm happy with it. Like Some Padres fans, they lump Manny Machado's contract in with Darvish and with Bogarts and with Cronenworth in terms of not needing to happen. But come on, those same people were wanting a Manny Machado extension to get done before the season when all of this talk was happening. When Manny went in there and was like, yeah, I'm opting out at the end of the year. You know, he wanted to get the contract done, made it about himself, which I understand. And some people didn't like it, but I understand, like, you want to be in San Diego, so get the extension done. Do whatever it takes to get the extension done. And he did that, so props to him for that, him getting that locked down, um, at least personally and for him and his family, like, getting all the money that you can. Um, I was fine with what he did. I'm fine with the extension. 11 years, 350. Maybe that's too many years, too much money. But if it means that Manny's going to go into the Hall of Fame as a Padre, and I think the Padres will be in contention, hopefully, <laughs> uh, for years to come here. Then, and, and 2023 was not just the start of what's going to be a repeatable, a repeatable thing year after year. If Manny can help the Padres win a championship, then the extension was worth it. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be here, sit here and say they shouldn't have done the extension. They should have waited till free agency because it's not a guarantee that he would have come back in free agency. You know, maybe the Padres could have gotten him back for less money, less years. But that's just one of those hypotheticals. What if? And that's way easier to say now than at that time when Manny was coming off of a MVP season. And I say MVP season, he didn't win the MVP, but he should have won the NL MVP. And at that again, at that time, he was coming off of that and it's that was something that I think all Padres fans wanted a Manny Machado extension done. And those that didn't, I, I just think you're wrong. I think you should have wanted a Manny Machado extension to be done. And they got it done, obviously a down year, had the injury, but I don't think he's going to be that bad again in 2024. Uh, if he is, then it's probably trouble. April 1st, Jake Cronenworth agrees to a seven-year, $80 million extension. And that's a deal where that was unnecessary. I love Jake Cronenworth. I was happy when that happened, for sure. And to be honest, I still like that Jake Cronenworth is here long-term. But obviously right now, it doesn't look that great because he had a down, another down season like the offensive numbers, you go look at baseball reference and his baseball reference page, the offensive numbers keep decreasing. And you move him over to first base and lower his value even more, and it makes it that much worse. And then Hassan Kim is continues to get better, and he is a free agent, and you have Xander Bogarts here long-term, and you have Manny here long-term, and you have Merrill coming up, and so it just doesn't seem like Kim's going to be here long-term, and it all just makes it worse. So I'm hoping that Crony bounces back and look, going into spring training of 2023, Jake Cronenworth was viewed as part of the core, right? Because of what he did in the postseason. And yes, I know he was a replacement all-star at Dodger Stadium, but still back-to-back all-star. Um, yes, were the offensive numbers declining? Yes, but he was still a very valuable piece to this Padres team. He was one of the leaders in that clubhouse. 
he was viewed as one of the core pieces of this franchise moving forward. So when that extension happened, I'm obviously a big Jake Cronenworth fan. Uh, I love that he was going to be here for the rest of his prime. Looking at it now, yeah, it was an unnecessary extension. You could have waited and you could have gotten him for less money if you still wanted to extend him or you could just not have extended him at all knowing that you got the best years out of him. Um, but again, it's easy to be like, well, let's go look at it in hindsight now that we're a full season in. Let's go look at it then when you didn't know Kim was going to have this type of season. Cronenworth was coming off of the postseason. He's viewed as one of the core people. Peter Seidler is someone that likes having guys long-term. Fans know who's going to be on the team. They can go buy the jersey. You're not like A's fans where you don't you don't go buy a jersey because you don't know if that guy's going to be here next year. Peter liked that. And I'm sure Peter had a role in, in um, wanting Jake Cronenworth here long-term. I don't know if it was him steering that ship like it seemed like it was him steering that ship for the Manny extension and wanting to get that done maybe this was more front office I don't know but I don't think it's the end of the world that that Cronoworth is here long term because let's say he's not extended it's still not a guarantee that Kim would have been here long term either because he could have another good year this year and then go get the Dansby Swanson contract and with Merrill coming up and Cronenworth still on the team and you have Bogarts and you have Manny and maybe there's a first baseman that comes in or there's a prospect that comes up. Maybe it's best for the Padres still not to pay Kim in that, in that scenario. Right? So yeah, it's easy to look at things in hindsight, but yeah, April 1st, Crony agreed to that seven year, $80 million extension. And yes, you can call me bias, whatever. I don't care. I think he's going to come back, have a bounce-back season in 2024. April 20th, Tatis makes his 2023 debut, which was exciting. It was in Arizona, and it was a lot of Padres fans there. And Peter Seidler, Eric Grubner, they were there. Peter Seidler got a standing ovation in Arizona, which you don't see owners get. Usually owners get booed. But no, Peter Seidler got a standing ovation. He got his name chanted by Padres fans. That's how loved he was by this fan base. And Tatis, if I remember correctly, he showed up definitely in right field, made a good play in the down the right field corner. And that was just the first of many good moments defensively from Fernando in 2023. He'd go on to win the platinum glove in right field. Um, and he'd have an okay offensive season. And I think that's how Tatis would describe it. That's how Tatis Sr. would describe it. It can be better. And I think it will be better in 2024. He's going to get a full offseason here to go about his business like usual. He did not have that this past offseason because he was dealing with the injuries, the, the surgeries, I should say, that he was coming back from, and it takes some time to recover from that. So is Tatis going to have as good of a year, as historic of a year as Ronald Acuna Jr. did this past year? That's going to be hard to do, but he's going to have a better year, I feel like, and he's going to, I think it'll be closer to the year that he had in 21 where he led the National League in home runs, hit over 40 home runs. I think it'll be closer to that than 
2023, that season. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing Tatis again in 2024, a full season. Because he played almost every game that he was available for, but it was still not a full season because he was out for the first 20 games in 2023. But yeah, his debut was April 20th, May 11th. This was the start of the urgency concerns, I would say. Bob Melvin says the team needs to fight more and expects more out of themselves. Was that the twin series? Something like that. And remember, in 2022, Bob Melvin, he did not pull that card until late, like September. And then they really turned it around, and we know what happened, the the long run that they went on in the postseason in 22. To to pull it on May 11th, the team needs to show more fight, expect more out of themselves. That's a big red flag there. There were red flags. We I don't think some Padres fans thought they were red flags, including myself, at FanFest, where it was like, uh, who cares? Who cares what uh, team we face? You know, Tatis, we're going to win it all. Doesn't matter because we're going to win it all. Asking the fans, who do you want our AL appoint, opponent to be in the World Series? Not enough urgency. Thinking that you can just walk through the season and you're you're already guaranteed a spot in the postseason. Manny Machado... Um, he had a quote about the fan base. I want to say as well. Um, don't jump back. Don't jump on the bandwagon. I have the quote right here. Hang on. I'd rather this happen now than down the road. Don't jump on the bandwagon later when we start effing raking and doing what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, Soto, I think he was on the TBS pregame show in April when they were against the Mets and Queens on the Dodgers. He was saying, "I, I think we don't worry about them. They should be worrying about us. And at that time, I don't think fans were like, oh, that's that's a big red flag because the Padres just came off beating the Dodgers in the previous year's postseason, right? So, but th- there were a lot of quotes. I'll go through those here in a little bit. Um, but yeah, the, the urgency was definitely a, a thing this season. June 25th, Bogart says, come on, man, we're playing the Nationals. I like the honesty there. And he was talking to the media in the clubhouse come on, we're playing the Nationals. Like, we should be doing better than this. June 27th, Manny tells the media, specifically Kevin Acey, I don't have time after the loss in Pittsburgh. And then the next day, I think he apologized to Kevin, realizing that he screwed up there. June 29th, Manny says he's embarrassed for his play this year. But if I remember correctly, then he had quotes later when he was back at Petco Park and the rest of the San Diego media was there. And his quotes were, we're not, we're not, something like, we're not, uh, we're not, not scared. That's not, that wasn't the right word. We're not like, something like we're, we're okay. Everything's going to turn around. We're not desperate. Maybe that was the word. I forget the exact word, but he was just flip-flopping. It seemed like all year on quotes. He would take accountability. Then it seemed like he wasn't. It was just some mixed messaging. June 30th, A.J. Preller said, I think on Ben and Woods, he fully expects Bob Melvin to be the guy to lead the Padres to the playoffs this year. Did not answer if he feels like he's playing for his job. Obviously, he was not uh, playing for or performing for his job, as we know. Um, And yeah, of course, A.J. was going to say that about Bob Melvin. I'm not so sure he had that confidence in Bob Melvin at that time. It was still... Not early. It was the middle of the season, but I don't think it was the time at, at that point. There was still a month before the deadline. I don't think they were at the point where it was like, okay, this this is 
not happening. This is, we're in trouble here. And so, of course, he's going to say that on the radio, talking to the fans, talking to Bennett Woods. Of course, he's going to say, yeah, I fully expect Bo Bo Mel to be the guy to lead the Padres to the playoffs. And we know that it didn't happen. July 1st, Peter was talking to Kevin Acey in an exclusive in Cincinnati. They were watching the game together, and Peter said, AJ is excellent. He isn't going anywhere. He said that about him and Eric Grubner. And yeah, I was not happy about that. There were a lot of Padres fans that were not happy about that because that was Peter Seidler. For me, it was him. And as much as I love Peter Seidler, it was him being still with these AJ Preller glasses on. Everything he does is excellence. I had this amazing relationship with AJ Preller. He can do no wrong. And he can do wrong. And he hasn't in my opinion, and I think a lot of Padres fans' opinion, has not done enough as the GM, the president of baseball operations of this team. There has been a lot of exciting moments, him acquiring players and being in the postseason, going on that run, but it has not been enough. There has not been enough winning. There has not been enough consistent postseason appearances, consistent winning with A.J. Preller. But he said there July 1st where the Padres were still not what we thought they were going to be, and they never were what we thought they were going to be until like September when they actually won four games in a row. July 1st, Peter saying AJ's excellence. He isn't going anywhere. He obviously wasn't going to go anywhere at that time. We were a month away from the deadline. Like, of course, you're not going to fire someone then. And you're not going to fire someone midseason, especially Peter Seidler, someone that loves AJ Preller more than anyone on the planet, it seems like, right? Um, but... To say AJ is excellence, I think that pissed off Padres fans, and I think that was something that did not need to be said by Peter. You can say, like, I have confidence in AJ, I have full confidence and all that. But to say AJ is excellence, I think we had different definitions of excellence. Peter and the Padres fan base, we had different definitions. June 23rd, July 2nd, uh, Padres go 2-7 and seven against the Nationals, the Pirates, and the Cincinnati Reds. They lost 2 out of 3 to the Nats. They got swept by the Pirates. They lost two out of three to the Cincinnati Reds. That was on a road trip, I believe. Maybe, the, no, the Nats might have been, the Nats, I think, was at home, at Pittsburgh, at Cincinnati. Yeah, terrible. Two and seven against three of the worst teams in the league. Getting, I remember the Pittsburgh series where I think they had a lead, and then Tim Hill throws one down the line, and they end up tying the game or taking the lead there, and then I think there was a walk-off in Cincinnati. They're showing fight finally, back and forth. And then there's the walk-off home run still to, I think, dead center. Maybe that was the game-tying home run. And then there was a walk-off. So when they show fight, they still lost. Uh, Nick Martinez throwing meatballs down the middle of the plate coming in late in the game. I think it was the Sunday game out of the bullpen. So really, really frustrating there. I forgot to mention the Mexico series, which was earlier in the year. They won both games. There was the, remember, the celebration in the clubhouse it seemed like it was a little forced, but there was the celebration uh, with the the pinatas, right? The player of the game would smash the pinata, and they had the hats, the sombreros on, right? And they'd be dancing around in the clubhouse. I think that pissed off some Padres fans as well. I wasn't too pissed off about it because, hey, do whatever you're gonna do, just keep winning games. But they weren't winning enough games, and. They would do it after a win against the freaking Rockies or whatever. And it's like, let, let's have a feel here. Let, let's go on a winning streak. Let's, 
you know, be in a postseason spot. Let's play better baseball consistently before we party after every win um, in the big leagues. I get it, the big leagues, it's hard to win games, but come on, let's let's have higher expectations. Um, July 4th, Nelson Cruz was DFA'd. Padres score five runs against Otani in game two of that Angels series. That was one of the better moments for me of the year for the Padres in 2023. Nelson Cruz being DFA'd, I think that the Padres maybe held on to Nelson Cruz a little bit too long even, and that was going to come, but he was on a one-year contract. That was the difference between him and Matt Carpenter. Nelson Cruz, one year, one mil, okay, you can DFA him, whatever, who cares. Carpenter, it was a two-year deal, and probably held on to him. Bob Melvin didn't want him on the team, but Carpenter was held on to because A.J. wanted to trade him in this offseason, and he was able to do that, obviously, trading him to the Atlanta Braves. Um, July 18th, Austin Nola was optioned to El Paso after hitting 146 with a 31 OPS plus. Just absolute garbage. Um, but we did not know what was happening with Austin Nola. We did not know he was dealing with the eye issues, the mental issues, I think. So hopefully he is doing well. I'd, I'd like to know an update on how he's doing. Because that's not a baseball thing. That was really, it is a baseball thing. Like he got hit in spring training and had to be carted off. Like that sucked. But for me, this is not like a baseball thing. Like, oh, he sucks. Let's not have him on the roster. For me, it's no, let's help him through this. So he might not be on the big league roster, but if no team gives him a job, I hope the Padres give him a job. And I hope they bring him in, give him an invite to spring training because I, I hope that that will. Well, it would. It would give him access to the doctors, to the trainers, um, to help him get back on that road to recovery if he's not recovered yet. Uh, I think the Padres owe that to Austin Nolan. And even if they don't, I think that's just the right thing to do. Some of that was in your organization and ended up, you know, having to deal with that stuff. Uh, I think that's just the right thing to do. It won't cost the Padres anything to bring Austin Nola in on a major league minimum invite to spring training deal if no other team could give Austin Nola a job. So that's that's what I would do if I was Eric Kutsenda or Eric Kutspenda, according to some fans. That's what I would do. That's what I would do if I was AJ Preller. I would do the right thing and bring Austin Nola in at least an invite to spring training. Not saying that, hey, Austin, you're going to be on the, the roster, but hey, Austin, we're going to give you access to our doctors, our trainers, and make sure that you're right. And if you want to go play in El Paso, we'll put you in El Paso. If you don't, we'll release you and we'll let you find an opportunity elsewhere. But I think that's the right thing to do. Uh, moving on here, August 1st, the Padres, the deadline where I thought that they should have traded Blake Snow. They should have traded Josh Hader. And they didn't. They decided to buy. Uh, that series against the Rangers was probably the worst thing to happen to the Padres because it seemed like we all knew after that series, okay, they're not going to be selling. But yeah, August 1st, they acquired G-Man Choi, who got a grand total of two hits with the Padres. They acquired Rich Hill, who was giving up home runs every start. They acquired Garrett Cooper, who was okay. They acquired Sean Reynolds, who didn't go to the big leagues. Might be in the big leagues this coming season, we'll see. They acquired Scott Barlow just to trade him this offseason in a salary dump. Angel de, Los, Angel de Los Santos, I mean, I like what they got back, but Scott Barlow is supposed to be the eighth inning guy, and they trade him to save money. I mean, I like the deal, but why are we acquiring Scott Barlow? Uh, 
And they gave up Jackson Wolf, who made like one start in Detroit for the Padres this past year. Ryan Weathers, who the experiment was over. Henry Williams, Jesus Rios, Escro Suero, and Alfonso Rivas, the local San Diego guy. So, yeah, that deadline was a failure. Uh, I think that's pretty, um, pretty accurate to say, right? I mean, you could have got something back for Josh Hader, who later in the year would say, are we in the playoff race? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blake Snell, sure, wins the Cy Young, but there was, like, no talk when Blake Snell won the Cy Young. There was, like, no excitement among the fan base. Like, hell yeah, Blake Snell, Cy Young Award. No, because we knew he wasn't going to be here. Like, it just doesn't have the same feel for it than someone, than if Jill Musgrove would have won it or if you Darvish would have won it, you know? he We knew he was gone, and the Padres didn't make the postseason, so it's not like he contributed to this great run for the Padres. It was just one of those one-off players on this team that had a great year but it didn't mean anything and now he's going to go get a ton of money in free agency from someone let's just hope it's not uh an nos team and then he goes shoves it down our throats um you know on opening day pitching for the giants or something um so yeah that deadline was garbage august 9th the padres lose their fourth straight game players had a meeting after the game juan soto this is this was in seattle when he admitted to the Padres giving up, saying it's been really inconsistent. Some days we do, some days we don't. We got to do it every day. Days like this series, we just give up. Like, literally, we just give up instead of keep grinding, keep pushing. We've got to forget about yesterday and keep moving. Yeah, awesome, huh? You had a superstar player admitting. I mean, I, I want the players to be honest, but you don't want to hear that come out of their mouth. 
because the players shouldn't be quitting. You're getting paid all this money. You have all these expectations on you. You want to go win a World Series, right? You have all of these fans spending a ton of money going to Petco Park, selling out the ballpark when you don't deserve it. And you're sitting here saying, yeah, like we literally just give up instead of keep grinding, keep pushing. And then you get to go back to your, you know, amazing hotels or your amazing homes in San Diego and Coronado, whether you win or you, you lose, where Padres fans are living and dying on every pitch. So, yeah, that was a terrible quote. Now, again, like, I'm, I like that he was being honest, but again, it's something that should never come out of a player's mouth, especially when you're one of the stars of the team, because you should never be quitting. And Soto played every game. so. I feel like he's one of them that didn't do that. Or, I mean, I got the sense during this year with Soto where he could have tried harder in some moments for sure. But it's hard for me to be like, yeah, that's the guy that quit when he played every single game and he was the best offensive player on the team. But it still pisses you off that that quote ends up, you know, getting out there and him just willingly admitting it. August 25th, Crony fractures his wrist which was an ending to a very disappointing season. August 27th, Padres, they get swept by the Brewers. Bob Melvin postgame says, there's really no reason to even look at the standings at this point in time. This was in August. wasn't even September. If you would have told me in spring training that Bob Melvin would have said that, him saying there's really no reason to even look at the standings at this point in time, I thought he would have been laughing while he was saying that, talking about how much the Padres were up in the division or how comfortably they were in a playoff spot not they're so far back don't even look at the standings but that's where we were at that's how bad of a season it was september 10th manny and tatis sit for the first time i think together as a team or together as teammates this season they both sat like knowing that okay it's over september 15th kevin ac reports the lack of winning culture players afraid to confront manny machado that was a big piece that came out in the San Diego Union Tribune. Manny not believing in culture. What is this? High school baseball, college baseball. Um, I think he admitted that, yeah, I think that's fair that I'm like the head of the clubhouse. Just not taking enough accountability, I think, in some spots. But then he did take accountability in some interviews as well. So, like I said earlier, it was a mixed messaging. September uh, 19th, Dennis Lynn, Ken Rosenthal, write a piece on A.J. Preller. The culture there, noting people in the organization think he's too involved. There was the stuff about Don Tricker, right? Uh, who we had never heard of, but then all these Padre fans wanted this dude fired because uh, it's just not working, and why are you in this Padres organization? And A.J. Preller with the, the culture. What was some of the stuff that stood out in that athletic piece? Just if I'm trying to remember some of the stuff, maybe I have it here. Uh, I think this was the piece, right? In September, Preller and Melvin's relationship is unfixable, according to one of, I think it was one of the players, or a Padres, someone in the Padres organization that said that. Unfixable, and that ended up being 100% accurate. Whether Preller and Melvin want to play it off as something that, no, it's a mutual parting of ways. It was a dream job of Bo Mel to go to the Giants. No, it was unfixable. Um... September 25th, Hayter asked the media, are we in the playoff race when asked about not being available for four outs? Yeah. Another terrible quote by a Padre in 2023. And technically, yeah, they were in the playoff race. They weren't, but 
they were technically. So yeah, that's something that you don't say. And I get it. Like he, his free agency was so close. They weren't going to make the postseason, but that's something that doesn't come out of your mouth. It should not come out of your mouth. Would it come out of the mouth of, let's say someone like Kobe Bryant or Tom Brady in other sports? No, because they're a competitor and they would do whatever they could do to help their team win until they were eliminated, right? Like, that's what the greatest do. And so I, I hated that quote from Josh Hader, especially as a diehard Padres fan. And I know a lot of other Padres fans hated that quote as well. We knew we weren't going to make the postseason, but that's just something that you don't say as a player in that clubhouse. And him replying to fans on social media, oh, it's a, it's a two-way thing, right? When fans were like, well, he should have called down there to the dugout to say that he was available. And then he wanted to blame it on the Padres that they didn't call to the bullpen asking Hater for four outs. When they had conversations before series and before the game about Josh Hader's availability. And you could tell Bob Melvin postgame was so pissed off. You could tell he wanted Josh Hader off this freaking team. He was so done with this just organization, with Josh Hader. He was done. Um, you could tell that in his postgame availabilities. October 24th. Melvin leaves the Padres, becomes Giants manager, and this was after there were, um, well, not just reports, AJ said it, right, at the Zoom press conference, like, uh, Bob is our manager. Uh, that ended up being inaccurate, as we all pretty much thought was going to be the case. And so he leaves the Padres, becomes the Giants manager, and at the freaking press conference, he said, every time I went to San Francisco, I would look at the other dugout, San Francisco's dugout, and wish that one day it would happen. One day, he would jog the stairs at Oracle Park, and he'd look out at McCovey Cove, and he'd just love it, essentially is what he would say. And I was pissed when he said that. Like, I was glad that he was not the manager of this team because I want someone that is committed. I want someone like Mike Schilt that's flying to the Dominican Republic and flying everywhere to meet with players in the offseason. I want someone that actually wants to be in the organization and wants to spend time with people in the organization and care, not someone that is wishing to be in another dugout while he's a manager of your team visiting that ballpark. But I'm like, really? So not were the not only were the players not committed fully, but the manager of the team was not as committed as he probably should have been as the manager of the Padres. November 14th, obviously, Peter Seidler passes away, and I was crying, obviously, on camera, and that was just raw emotions that were let out that day, and I went to Petco Park later that day and stood there for like an hour at Petco and uh, just watched all the fans go up on the stairs and place flowers down and went up, the, went up on the stairs myself there and just, uh, I didn't have flowers, but I... I kind of crouched down and just um, with myself, uh, you know, talking to the Peter Seidler picture. And literally, it was pretty much me, from what I remember, was me just saying thank you to, thank you to Peter for what he did because he brought a lot of happiness to a lot of San Diegans and a lot of excitement. And without him, the Padres would not have been on that postseason run in 2022 where I experienced postseason baseball at Petco Park in person for the first time in my lifetime. Um, without him, those moments would not have happened. The moments of you know beating the Dodgers in the postseason and seeing 
other Padres fans just being so freaking happy. That would not have happened without Peter. So just really to thank him uh, from what I remember is what was happening there with me in that moment on those steps. And the Musgrove family was there um, and speaking to, you know, to Padres fans that were there and, you know, uh, talked with me for a, a few moments. Like it was, it was a really, really sad day. And that obviously delayed the manager um, hiring process. And Scott Barlow was actually traded to the Guardians for Angel De Los Santos before Mike Schilt was hired as the manager on November 21st. And I love the press conference that Schilt had, and it seems like he's more dedicated than Bob Melvin is. But I guess when your relationship dissolves, your relationship is really fractured with the GM, you're probably not as committed as someone that has a good relationship with AJ Preller, like all these guys did, it seemed like, to start. So we'll see how that relationship ends up unfolding or based on prior experience, we'll see how that relationship ends up fracturing. I hope it doesn't, but every relationship has ended up being fractured that A.J. Preller has had with the manager. December 6th, Juan Soto and Trent Grisham get traded, obviously, and this was like the forced trade of a superstar because if the Padres wanted to build a complete roster, the payroll was going down, like we already knew that, and Bogarts, Manny, no trade clauses, Tatis, no trade clause, Cronenworth, no one's trading for that contract. And he has a limited no-trade clause on those deals. You probably don't want to trade Ha-Sung Kim, even though it's one year because he's one of your better players. He's making 7 mil, not 30-plus million dollars. It just needed to happen. Soto wasn't going to come back in free agency. So you deal him to a team that has pitching, which is what you wanted. You deal Trent Grisham as well. So now you have holes, left field and center field, and pitching still. But... It was a deal that had to be done. It created more flexibility. The Matt Carpenter trade to the Braves on December 15th created more flexibility as well. And they signed Yuki Matsui December 23rd to a five-year contract. There is options, though, after the third year, I believe. But yeah, that's where we sit now here on December 29th. A uh, Man, I've been talking for 40 minutes. Padres, and there goes my phone. Oops. Padres, year in review. Um, yeah, just obviously a very disappointing season. No doubt about that. Um, missing the playoffs, having to trade a superstar, your chairman dying, the best owner in my lifetime, um, down years from guys that you signed to big contracts. Um, what am I, I'm probably missing, missing the TV deal. TV deal's gone. The start of this offseason hasn't been great. Bob Melvin going to the Giants, which I'm fine with now, but yeah, it just tells you how bad the state of the franchise was. Um, yeah, pretty crappy year. Pretty crappy year. So 2024, please get here quick. And yeah, I'll go to the chat. I mean, there's some other quotes here. Is there any quotes that stick out to me here? Yeah, Tatis at FanFest, who you guys want us to face, it doesn't matter because we're still going to win it all. Um, Soto, I think we don't worry about the Dodgers. They should be worrying about us. Uh, Manny saying he doesn't have time to talk when he's not playing well after a loss to the Pirates. Then saying we need a little more urgency as a team. Uh, Manny not believing in the culture that much. What is this high school baseball, college baseball? Seidler, AJ's excellence. 
This is the quote. Manny in July, we're not desperate in here. Don't put words out there. He was speaking to Kevin Acey. We need to win games. It's simple. It's not desperation. Even though earlier in the year, in June, he said that they needed more urgency. So just flip-flopping there. This was one from Musgrove. I understand the fans are frustrated and looking forward to next year, but when we're a game out and don't have Snell or Hader, we'll be kicking ourselves. That was before the deadline. He wanted Snell and Hader to stay. It ended up being the right decision was Snell and Hader being traded, but that decision actually was not made. Um, Melvin, yeah, there's no, re no really no reason to even look at the standings at this point in time. Musgrove in August, it feels like we're doomed. Machado in September, I think we just didn't want it. I think overall as a group, we didn't want it as bad as Seattle did or as bad as some of some of these other teams. We should have wanted it more. Uh, Preller and Melvin's relationship being uh, unfixable. Hater in September, are we in the playoff race? You guys want me to do everything? Talking about the media. Yeah, pretty, pretty crappy year. That is for sure. So hoping for a better 2024 that's for sure all right quick break message from the best cheesesteaks and garlic fries in town gaglione bros check out gaglione bros famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on friars road you can visit their website gaglionebros.com for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at petco park and snapdragon stadium as well all right is there any more stuff on social media here because, I mean, there could be signings that happen, but based on what A.J. Preller said recently, he's just waiting for J January to come, right? All right, let's get to the chat here. I do see a super chat, so I'm going to go to the B first. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. Anyone that else wants to jump to the front of the line, feel free to put a super chat in. It supports the channel. I greatly appreciate that. Um, the Beef says here, here's to a good 2024 season. Appreciate all you've done this year, Ben. Getting to week, getting to be weeks away from spring training. Keep the faith, boys. Thank you. I mean, without everyone's support here in 2023, uh, I mean, maybe I'd still be doing this because I love the Padres, or maybe I would be working for the Padres. I used to work for the Padres uh, briefly before before I went off to college, um, and they did not allow me to do this show and work for the Padres. So it's really one or the other. So, I mean, you guys really supporting and continuing to grow the audience and continuing to grow this great Padres community. And I see in the comments on videos now, I see hundreds of comments sometimes, and I see Padres fans commenting back and forth at each other. Like, I just love the Padres community. And, um, you know, there's some stuff, negative stuff on social media and all that, but those people don't know who I am, so I really just brush that off and just move about my day. But for all the support, yeah, I do appreciate that for sure. I don't take it for granted. Anyone that stops me at Petco Park, I mean, I I do appreciate, you know, the the supporters that I have and you guys supporting other content creators in this Padres um, Padres world that we have. Um, I appreciate that as well because you know the more the better because. We're not the Dodgers. We're not the Yankees. We're not the Red Sox. We don't have the biggest following, um, but I think it's a tight following. So I love it. And without all the support, I don't know where this channel would be. So I really do appreciate it. Thank you, The Beef, for the super chat. Really do appreciate that. All right, let's go to the chat here. Padre Bod says, good content. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. 
Devin says, 2023 Padres feels like a movie where it starts decent but ends in an underwhelming cliffhanger. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, was it a cliffhanger? Because we, I mean, it was more like you go off the cliff and you die. I know that's dark, but I mean, they, they didn't make the postseason. Peter Seidler passed away. Bob Melvin's on the Giants, managing the Giants now. Um, we have a dude that we've never heard of, or we've never heard from, excuse me, as the chairman of the team. You know, like, I don't think it's really an underwhelming cliffhanger. It's more of you fell off the cliff. Irie says, I love bogey, but let's face it, and we're facing a lot of problems due to the majority of shortstops on the roster. It's like I like Bogarts, but why is he a Padre? That's how a lot of Padres fans feel, because $280 million, while I liked bringing in Bogarts because it was another star, and, you know, it's loving that the Padres made a big move, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, he, he doesn't really fit the roster great. He could fit the roster if Crony gets traded or when Kim's not here and maybe they move Merrill to the outfield, then he could fit better. But, I mean, for him, he's here for another decade. And he didn't get off to the best start. I still believe in Bogarts. Like, I see the track record that he had in Boston. There's a reason why the Padres gave him that money. It's not like they gave him that money without ever playing and proving that he could hit in the big leagues. He can hit in the big leagues. And he had good stretches in 2023 when he was healthy. But it just wasn't good enough. So, yeah, right now it's not looking great. But I'm not going to give up like I feel like some Padre fans have on Xander um, you know, one year into the contract, like not happening. The beef says, I think Merrill will end up in the outfield or first base or third shortstops can play anywhere. May have a toddy trajectory and moves to the outfield. Maybe I, to be honest, I don't know how great his arm is. So I don't know if center field would work. I don't know if they would put him in left. He did play left. I think a little bit in the minor leagues this past season. So, I mean, it, it's something to look at if they want Crony to be at second base, if they're comfortable with having Bogarts at shortstop long-term and Manny at third, and they'll bring in another first baseman, and they don't have Kim, and then Merrill, the best spot for him is the outfield. Maybe they do that, but I have not heard of him moving to the outfield. So, for now, I think he's just going to be at shortstop, and they'll probably put him in AAA is what I would think. JD's third asks, are we expecting too many bounce backs next season? Seems like we need all these guys to have monster seasons just to be competitive. They don't do well with high expectations. Well, okay, those are fair points. But I don't know if it's too many bounce back seasons. I think it's us just expecting these guys to play better like they have in their careers. It's not like Manny's 40. It's not like Bogart's is 40. So they can do it. So I don't think it's unrealistic to ask for it. Maybe it is unrealistic to ask for all of them to bounce back, but I don't think it's unreal unrealistic to ask for bounce backs. Like JD's third here says Manny is on the decline. Okay, he had a yeah, he's on the decline if you compare his 2022 season to 2023. Yeah, that's on the decline because he had a bad year last year. But 2022 is not that long ago when he should have won the NL MVP. Right? So I don't think he's like on the decline where he's not in his prime anymore and he's going to suck. Like sometimes injuries happen, bad years happen. Sometimes it happens. You know, not every, not everyone is going to be uh, Barry Bonds or Tony Gwynn and have like good years all the time. Sometimes you don't have the best year, right? 
I mean, what about Nolan Arenado, where everyone loves Nolan Arenado, right? And thinks he's like the best thing ever. Yes, that's a biased Padre fan coming out of me. Um, but the guy that wins the gold glove every year and all that, I mean, he only hit 266 this past year. He didn't have an OPS over 800. His OPS plus was only 9% above league average. His war was 2.4. His war in the previous year was 7.9. So, like, he was coming off a down year, too. Are people saying, maybe Cardinals fans are, are they saying that Nolan's on the decline, he's done? I don't think so. So, don't give up on Manny Machado. That, that's what I would say. Preston says, Padres are heavy underdogs. If they make a few more trades or signings, it's possible to sneak into the last wild card. I agree. I don't know about sneak either. Like, I, I think that this team can, if they make some additions, I think they can make the postseason as maybe not even the last wild card. I think they can make it in as the, the second of the three wild cards. Like, they still have talent. Do things have to go their way? Sure. But I just don't see them being that bad in extra innings and that bad in one-run games and these big players being that bad again this next season. I just don't see that. And then there's other teams that had really good years. Are they going to be that good again in 2024? So hopefully some, you know, 2024 will be a much better year than 2023. Um, Lil Casino who I did the show on pretty much yesterday, his, his topic suggestion. So hopefully you enjoyed that. Says the whole point of having shortstops is they are athletes and they can play anywhere. Yes. Bogarts is a little bit different though, I would say, than someone like Jackson Merrill or Austin Kim or Fernando. Like Bogarts in the outfield, I, I, I don't envision that. You could have a team of outfielders, but they can't play the infield. You can have a team of first basemen, but they can't play other positions. Shortstops can literally play everywhere or anywhere, excuse me. So, yeah, I think that's part of, like, Preller, if you go look at his drafts, he loves drafting up the middle position players because they're usually the most athletic guys in their high school team, college. They can play anywhere. But when you get to the big leagues and you're bringing in guys that are shortstops, they played shortstop throughout the minor leagues and throughout their big league career, and so they're used to it. And then maybe you try to move positions with them, and they're not too happy about that. And Bogarts, I think he understood that he's going to get moved at some point, but he doesn't want to move after one year at shortstop. And I understand that, but, dude, you already have your money. And so if the Padres think it's best for you to move to first base or move to second base to help the team, that's probably what you should do. Because you already have your money. You got more money from this team than anyone would have paid you. Go do what's best for the team. I don't know if Bogart's moving to another position is what is best for this team. I don't think Bogart's played bad at shortstop this past year. Um, but if the Padres think that it is best, then it's probably what you should do. I think. It's not like he's a free agent after this next year and he wants to be at shortstop because they can get more money than a second baseman. You've already got your money, buddy. Um, let's see here. Lil Casino says, quit blaming Preller for SE play by players. Yeah, I mean, I get that. Like, yeah, the players need to be better. Like, you do have an argument there for that. I mean, you have a good point there with that. 
But at the same time, Preller has made some dumb decisions as well. And this is coming from someone that was a huge fan of AJ Preller when he made that Soto trade. And because he has, he transformed the entire roster. Like there's no, like, there's barely any homegrown guys on these rosters. So he has done a lot of work to put this Padres team in contention and get them to the NLCS and all that, right? Uh, but he's made some dumb moves as well that has set this franchise back or pre prevented them from making other moves, making moves that probably make more sense to build more of a complete roster. So I think we should be blaming both. We should be blaming players and we should be, be blaming A.J. Preller. Uh, the Beef says, I still get tears in my eyes over the loss of Soto and what should have been. Yeah, I'm not someone that, like, Soto was my favorite player or anything like that. So, yeah, it sucks to have Juan Soto not be on the team. But I've already, like, before the Soto trade happened, like, weeks before, I already had come to the realization that Soto is not going to be a Padre long-term. So if you can get the best return for him, you go get the best return for him. If you think you can build more of a complete roster, then that's what you go do. You go trade Juan Soto to get more of a complete roster, to give you more flexibility. Because teams have won the World Series without Juan Soto. And you still have Tatis. You still have Manny Machado, who should have won the MVP you know, a year ago. Um, you still have talent on this team. And Xander Bogarts, this is a guy that has hit 300 multiple times in his career, and he can do it. He just had a down year, and we hope that the injuries don't happen. So, like, there's talent on this team. You don't need Soto to go win a World Series. It would help having a great talent like Soto, but you don't need it. So, I've, yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't really get the sense either that Soto was going to be here. Like, like, he wanted to be here long-term either. So, I mean, yeah, you wanted, you wanted to see Soto here for 2024 and play through the contract and see what it could have been but they just weren't in that situation to do that. And part of it is based on some of the moves that AJ has made previously. Um, Lil Casino says, dang, I'm going to miss Kim. Yeah, I think a lot of Padres fans are going to miss Kim, but they've, they've, the Padres have made their bed. They have made their bed, and now they're going to have to lay in it, right? And what I mean by that is you're going to probably have to see Hassan Kim go to the Giants. <laughs> Or another team. We'll see if it's uh, an NL team. We'll see. But yeah, it feels like if he keeps going on this trajectory, he could get more than the the Dansby the Dansby contract, or at least the same amount as the Dansby contract. All right, water break. Sorry. See, I got that Padre water bottle too. Um. All right. While I'm scrolling through the chat here, just want to remind you about some of the great partners of the show. Underdog Fantasy, 100% deposit match up to $100. If you click that link in the description or you use the code TALKINGFRIERS, they will hook you up there. So if you deposit 5 bucks, you'll get 10 bucks in total, free $5. You deposit 100 bucks, you'll get $200 in total to use to go get some great money back from winning some bets or uh, some pickums, I should say, NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, San Diego State, a big one at Gonzaga tonight. 
uh, I believe 6 p.m. is the the uh, the tip-off time. I think that's uh, on ESPN2 is where you can find that. At Gonzaga, Gonzaga is ranked. So this will be a signature road win in the non-conference part. The last non-conference game for San Diego State is coming up later tonight. So that's going to be a big one. PJ, when is the question going to be asked if 2022 was the fluke season? That's what it looks like. I've already said that on the channel. I think I said that during the 2023 season. I'm sure I did multiple times. That right now, 2022 looks like an outlier. Maybe I didn't say fluke, but it looks like an outlier on A.J. Peller's resume when you compare it to the other seasons. He's been here for nine seasons, and I think this is going to be his 10th season. As the GM, the president of baseball ops of this team, or at least GM. He wasn't the president, I don't think, the entire time, but they've added that label on. Two postseason appearances this entire tenure, and one of them was in a short season. And in that short season, by the way, you had like no pitching left when it came to the NLDS. So, yeah, and the year after that, it was a huge collapse. Made the postseason, great. But then 2023, your manager didn't like you and so wanted to leave you for an NLS rival. And the most hyped team in franchise history ends up being the most disappointing team in franchise history. So, yeah, that's it's great. Just great. Fernando Tatis Jr., him, is him. Is that what this username is supposed to say? Ben, what is your favorite moment of this season? Um, I did go over this, and I believe I said it was the Nando home run robbery in September. Man, that was amazing. Him stealing home, Manny throwing from his back was an honorable mention. I did forget to, to mention the play when he, it was in Colorado running at, running towards the tarp. And he like basket catch bobble it, and he threw it right in because he knew a runner was on third base. That one was amazing. There, there was some pretty amazing plays. The Crony Bogarts back to back homers off of Otani. Those are some of the good, the really good moments of the 2023 season. The beef says win or lose, just want to watch Padre games. Football is lame. Only on once a week. Aztecs only play twice a week. Looking forward to forced baseball. Alka alcoholism again <laughs> okay i mean i miss baseball's baseball season as well for sure jd's third says i'd rather build around nando and soto than having manny and xander that's interesting i think i think fans would probably side on you with that yeah because you have nando like nando has to be in it no doubt if you have to pick two of the four would it be Nando and Soto? Or would it be Nandy, Nandy, Nando and Manny? Manny, you, you could say, well, Manny's years older than Soto. So, yeah, you go with Nando and Soto. I'd be fine with that. But the Padres, they're not just building around two, like in this scenario. They're building around Manny, Xander, and Nando. I mean, I'm fine with who they're building around with right now. Like, Xander... Giving him that long of a deal was unnecessary. Giving him that much money was unnecessary. Red Sox fans were laughing their butts off when they saw how much money Xander got from the Padres. And it was way too much money. But I don't want Padres fans to act like Xander Bogart stinks. Because he doesn't. And I hope that Xander proves a lot of fans wrong this coming season and balls out. Um... 
All right, before I get out of here, also, FOCO and Breaking Tea. Breaking Tea has some great Padres, Aztecs, Wave shirts and sweatshirts. FOCO, some great Padres bobbleheads. Check them out. Make sure to check them out. Uh, the links are in the description there. And SeatGeek code, Talking Friars, $20 off your order there. That's going to do it, Talking Friars, episode 546. I think this is the last episode of 2023, right? Because New Year is on Monday, and I'll probably have an episode then. But anyway, if it's not, then it's not. But if it is, it is. Thank you so much, everyone, for the support. I really do appreciate it. I don't take it for granted. Um, I don't like to ask all the time to subscribe and turn on notifications and like the video and all that. Because if you like it, you'll do it. Um, But I do appreciate all the support. I definitely do. Um, Have a great end to your year. Please stay safe. Please stay safe. It wouldn't be talking for hours without me uh, messing up words at the end of an episode. Um, Stay safe, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. Great weekend. And I'll talk to you all later. See ya.